saying that due to the, the pregnancy of the far right on the French um, political uh, in, the, in French politics, um, the, the, the notion even of nationalism uh, is considered as, uh, as problematic. Uh, and whether patriotism or nationalism is um, not very well regarded, and they don't see any difference between uh, a patriot and a skinhead. Exactement. Et donc, euh, c'est vrai que en Ukraine, être nationaliste, bah, ça peut être des personnes. Moi, par exemple, en 2017, je suis allé sur le front euh, à l'est de l'Ukraine. J'étais chez Pravi Sector. Pravi Sector, en fait, c'est un groupement de ce qu'on appelle des nationalistes. Dans le privé secteur, j'ai rencontré des gens qui étaient plutôt politiquement communistes, plutôt politiquement socialistes, plutôt de centre, plutôt de droite, et j'ai rencontré aussi des, des gens de l'extrême droite. C'est-à-dire, il y avait du tout, alors qu'on appelle ça des, des nationalistes ukrainiens. Mais vous avez rencontré des gens de gauche, de droite et du centre dedans. Uh, the, the patriotic sentiment uh, does not have a political color and when back in 2017 he went to the front uh, with the uh, privy sector sorry, privy sector, privy sector uh, oui. yeah. uh, he met people from uh, all walks of life and all political opinions from uh, radical communists et c'est vrai que en France, par exemple, dans les années 42-43, quand des volontaires français prenaient les armes pour combattre contre les nazis, on leur posait pas la question. Mais vous, vous êtes plutôt de gauche ou de droite Ils étaient tous euh, donc patriotes ou nationalistes. En fait, et le, le, le mot patriote et nationaliste voulait dire à peu près la même chose. C'est des gens qui aimaient tout simplement leur pays. Ils ont pris des armes pour défendre leur pays. Et aujourd'hui, étant donné que la France est plus loin de la guerre, bah, quand on parle en Ukraine des patriotes ou des nationalistes, bah, on se pose beaucoup de questions. Alors, est-ce qu'ils sont de l'extrême droite ou pas d'extrême droite Alors qu'en réalité, c'est tout simplement des gens qui ont pris des armes pour se battre dans, contre, euh, pour leur pays. Et ces gens peuvent être de gauche, de droite, de centre, peu importe. Ça peut être des gens très bons, très mauvais, peu importe. Ce sont juste des gens qui ont décidé de défendre leur pays. And people rose up against uh, the Nazi occupation, and at that time, no one was asking them uh, what they what did they believe in, uh, what did they think. Uh, they just uh, they just had to to love the country, fight for the country. And uh, Axel, I'm sorry, there was a second half to your question, and I thought that was very very smart. And as I was thinking, it was very smart. I was forgetting it. Do you remember? Yeah, given given what he answered. In the meantime, I would even adapt it if I may. Um, if you if you look at France and if you look at Ukraine, France, if it looks into the mirror, it would see itself to an extent in Ukraine because it has exactly this. It has from the left to the right, far left to the far right, all of them still consider themselves French. And they all, when are, be considering themselves as being patriots, even if some of them definitely are not, but that's a different thing. So it's sad. French people look at Ukraine 
defending itself, would they not actually all raise to the flag and say, we are the Grand Nation, we would defend our country, this is what Ukraine does, we should rally to the call. Demande dans quelle mesure les Français ne devraient pas se retrouver dans l'Ukraine parce que au-delà au-delà des intentions politiques, les Français restent quand même des patriotes en cas de de danger, se retrouver autour du drapeau, se rappeler qu'ils sont la grande nation et dans dans une certaine mesure l'Ukraine l'Ukraine fait pareil et comment ça se fait les Français actuellement ne voient pas que les Ukrainiens sont je pense que si, euh, donc il y a quand même euh, des Français que cette guerre en fait a quand même réveillé les gens, des Français, et ils ont été réveillés puisque la guerre éclate euh, tout près de la France tout de même. Il y a l'Allemagne et la Pologne qui, qui séparent euh, donc la France de l'Ukraine. Donc ils ont quand même été réveillés néanmoins. Et euh, ce sont des grands-parents qui se sont battus à l'époque. Et toutes ces nouvelles générations, elles n'ont jamais connu la guerre. Du coup, ils peuvent euh, être choqués par ce qui se passe. Ils peuvent soutenir ce que font aujourd'hui les Français. Ils peuvent soutenir, ils peuvent aider l'Ukraine. Euh, quand on voit des Césars qui sont envoyés en Ukraine et des Français qui disent « Oui, euh, vous avez raison, il faut soutenir l'Ukraine, il faut envoyer des Césars », ils sont d'accord en fait avec ces livraisons-là. On, on, on comprend en fait que les Français veulent soutenir l'Ukraine jusqu'à la victoire. Néanmoins, il y a un certain nombre de choses aujourd'hui que, qui sont difficilement euh, compréhensifs par, par les Français, notamment ces questions sur le nationalisme, patriotisme et ainsi de suite. Mais tout simplement parce que les grands-parents, eux, comprennent, ils se rappellent, mais eux, euh, ce sont des nouvelles générations qui n'ont jamais connu la guerre, ils ne comprennent pas ces choses-là. For so long that the French have forgotten uh, the meaning of fighting for the meaning of loving your country, and as such, uh, the, um, what's happening in Ukraine is feeling not only uh, somewhat distant because he says it's not that distant, uh, but also very foreign, and that the foreignness of uh, of the Ukrainian sentiment preventing uh, is preventing the the French public from truly um, understanding and fully supporting Ukrainian fight. Alrighty, thank you for that. Thanks for that. Dorman, you have further questions from our Alas, I don't have any questions from our listeners, but I have plenty of questions of my own. I'm just worried that I might have missed some of them while, while talking about it earlier already. Uh, but I have a very general question about the French political, uh, you know, technical difficulties kicking me out a couple of times. Um, I have a question about the political climate in France, very specifically. And um, Ben, let me know if this was touched upon enough. But um, in uh, Volodymyr's experience, would it be reasonable to say that uh, even though a lot of the French public voted for people who are espousing you know, very pro-Putin views, um, a lot of that was purely for domestic political reasons and a lot of the French public doesn't actually support those same pro-Putin views uh, that the people that they voted for do. Thank you, Dominic. Um, Volodymyr, demande dans quelle mesure est-ce que um, tu peux lui parler du climat politique en France et de savoir uh, il y a quand même deux partis pro-Poutine qui ont reçu énormément de votes uh, au cours des au cours des derniers des dernières élections. Uh, dans quelle mesure est-ce que ça reflète fidèlement le sentiment de, de l'électorat français? 
et dans quelle mesure tu penses une séparation entre ce que pense l'électorat euh, et, 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 et la façon dont il a voté, c'est-à-dire que les gens euh, ont voté pour des gens qui sont pro-Poutine et pour des raisons qui n'ont rien à voir et eux-mêmes. Très bonne question. Euh, il y a deux choses qui sont importantes. La première, c'est de voir, par exemple, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, donc l'extrême gauche française, qui rassemble donc beaucoup de voix au Parlement, euh, donc à l'Assemblée nationale. Et moi, quand j'échange justement avec les électeurs de Jean-Luc Mélenchon, ils me disent qu'ils sont d'accord avec tout, sauf euh, la sortie de, euh, de la France de l'Union Européenne et la sortie de la France de l'OTAN. Donc ça montre bien en fait qu'ils sont d'accord sur des choses économiques, sociales et ainsi de suite, mais pas tout ce qui va concerner la guerre en Ukraine et la sécurité nationale française. They're, they're saying that uh, even though they do support him on the, on the so, so, societal and uh, economic uh, measures, uh, anything that regards the foreign policy and military policy, they do oppose him and they don't support the idea of taking France and making France out of nature. Deuxième chose très importante à savoir, c'est que depuis le 24 février, nous avons rencontré et lors de nos manifestations, euh, nous avons donné la parole à tous les partis français, donc de gauche, de droite, tout le monde du centre. Il y avait les représentants de tous les partis, même des, des grands partis, de petits partis politiques, sauf euh, Marine Le Pen et Jean-Luc Mélenchon. Ce sont les deux partis qui n'ont jamais ni demandé une rencontre, ni assisté à une seule manifestation avec nous. Uh, he's pointing to the fact that um, since they started their demonstration on uh, following uh, February 24th uh, attacks, um, there has been uh, tons of parties, political parties that have come and supported them uh, in one way or another. Uh, as far as they can tell, uh, every single party in France has supported them uh, in one aspect or another, uh, with the exception of two. Um, the one uh, on the far right by Marine Le Pen and the one on the far left by Jean-Luc Mélenchon. Ici, on fait un résumé très rapide de ces deux situations-là. On comprend qu'en général, les Français, eux, soutiennent Luc l'Ukraine, donc vont soutenir l'Ukraine, peu importe pour qui ils ont voté, en général, ils sont pour l'Ukraine, donc et contre l'invasion russe en Ukraine. Par contre, les politiques qui les représentent, de l'extrême gauche et l'extrême droite, ces gens-là, eux, ils sont justement contre, euh, officiellement donc, ils, sont, ils soutiennent l'Ukraine, mais dans les faits, derrière, est-ce qu'à quel moment ils ont aidé, soutenu, parti, euh, manifesté ou rencontré quelqu'un de l'aspora Là, sur les faits, on se rend compte que ces gens-là, les représentants, sont, ne sont pas pro-ukrainiens, c'est-à-dire que ne sont pas pro-européens. Uh, pro-Ukrainian and supports Ukraine in different ways. And on the other hand, the representatives uh, of those two parties that were mentioned earlier and not, um, sorry, who say they support Ukraine, but never proof for that uh, in Parliament nor when it comes to uh, Parliament. And that shows that they are neither pro-Ukrainian nor pro-Ukrainian. Uh, Domin, you have another question?
I will pass it off to Adrian for now, but thank you very much, Vladimir. Uh, I think that's really good to highlight, right? Because even though the, those parties got a very large proportion of the votes, it's not necessarily that everybody voting for them was actually in agreement with all of their policies. There's always other things that uh, that they might have been voting for. Um, Adrian? Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, bonjour, Vladimir. Um, I um, just wanted to... Ben mentioned a couple of weeks ago that uh, the uh, number of Russian uh, immigrants, tourists in Paris has uh, grown. Uh, I'm wondering what's your um, uh, impression of, uh, the first of all, the French attitude to this influx of Russians and also how is the Ukrainian uh, immigrant community there handling uh, the Russians? What there, is their opinion on them? And um, how do they counter, I guess, their obvious uh, uh, lack of remorse for what their country is doing? If that question makes sense, thank you. Thanks, Adrian. Uh, Vladimir, uh, Adrian, you wanted to know, um, a few weeks ago, I mentioned that there were really a lot of Russians in Paris. Euh, et voulait savoir comment la mienne à Paris euh, ressentait ça, euh, le, leur présence en général et leur manque de compassion. Merci Adrien pour cette question. En effet, beaucoup de Russes sont à Paris, à Nice aussi, donc euh, il y a Côte d'Azur où il y a beaucoup de Russes qui sont là-bas. Donc euh, tu as fait tout à fait raison, il y en a beaucoup en fait qui, qui sont donc en France. Maintenant, nous à nos manifestations, nous avons aussi des Russes qui viennent nous soutenir lors de la manifestation. Euh, le problème, c'est que eux, ils sont pas plus de deux ou trois personnes maximum par manifestation. Autrement dit, on peut se poser la question où sont les autres Russes qui se disent contre la guerre et ainsi de suite. Bah, le, la question elle est très simple en fait, c'est que pour l'instant, ils ne sont ni avec nous. Ils euh, ne montrent pas directement leur soutien à Vladimir Poutine en France. Pourquoi Parce que pour l'instant, les Français et les Ukrainiens arrivent à montrer un énorme soutien de la France envers l'Ukraine. Le jour où, aux informations, on ne parlera plus de l'Ukraine, on va oublier cette guerre. Le jour où la population va oublier qu'il y a la guerre en Ukraine, et le jour où nous, nous allons abandonner toutes les actions que nous faisons, eux, ils vont ressortir et ils vont continuer à faire exactement ce qu'ils faisaient depuis toutes ces années, c'est-à-dire corrompre les politiques français pour justement enlever les sanctions et dire que la France et, et, la, France et la Russie, ce sont des, des pays amis, et ainsi de suite. The, what Volodymyr is saying is that there are indeed a lot of Russians, both in Paris and on the French Riviera in particular, uh, that um, uh, some of them do support the directly the Ukrainians and that every demonstration, there's a couple of them coming, but seldom more than three. Uh, and then the question is, okay, there's all, all the Southerns uh, that are here and do not support Uh, the Ukrainians in any way, shape, or form. Um, what are they doing? What are they? What are they saying? And what what Volodymyr assumes is that uh, they are keeping it quiet for the moment because the situation is is not very good for them, and the best just to stay low. But as soon as uh, war would have uh, escaped the public eye, um, they will uh, they will come back, uh, start to pressure. 
um, politicians reminding them that France and, and uh, Russia are traditionally uh, friendly countries uh, and that they should renew the alliance and uh, by God just drop the sanctions and etc. So he has a very um, uh, negative outlook on this question. Je voulais juste rajouter que je pose une question à chaque fois que je rencontre un Russe qui me dit euh, je, je suis contre la guerre. Je leur pose à chaque fois une seule question. Je leur demande la Crimée, c'est Crimea is. Et derrière, s'ils me disent bah c'est l'Ukraine, c'est ça appartient à l'Ukraine. Il n'y a aucun problème, je comprends que je parle avec des gens conscients et ainsi de suite avec qui je peux échanger. Si jamais ils commencent à m'expliquer toute la complexité, complexité de la situation avec l'Ukraine et ainsi de suite, je comprends tout de suite en fait que malgré le fait qu'ils me disent qu'ils sont contre la guerre, en réalité ce sont des gens qui sont complètement pro-Poutine et pro-guerre. Et en général, la proportion entre ceux qui te disent c'est l'Ukraine C'est quasiment à 100% l'Ukraine. Sur ceux qui viennent me voir, c'est 100% que c'est l'Ukraine. Um, so he's, uh, he has a, what's the word again, Shalabat. Uh, he has a question that he asks every time he sees a, a Russian uh, that he meets in, in Paris. Uh, he asks him, uh, what do you think Crimea is? And of course, the right question is part of Ukraine. And, uh, but there's also the uh, answer, well, it's complicated, you know, and, and then uh, sort of lose themselves in explanation. Um, and he's, uh, and those he know uh, do support Putin, even though they don't they don't say it. Uh, but uh, thankfully, uh, over the past few months, whenever he asked the question to um, Russians he met, uh, 100% of them uh, did say that Crimea was, was your friend. Adrian, you, what else? What else? Should I... Thank you for the answers, Volodymyr. It's what, um, yeah, thank you. It was very edifying. Ben, um, were there any events, the various you know, demonstrations and various other public actions that they did in Paris and elsewhere in France, uh, you know, that were particularly memorable, either in the positive or the negative? Any, um, you know, any incidents uh, that might need to be highlighted, or any particularly positive, excellent displays of humanity that that came, you know, perhaps less expectedly from the uh, public around. Um domaine de savoir au cours des, des derniers mois, il y a pendant des interventions, il y a eu un, un moment particulièrement marquant euh, où des gens ont montré du soutien d'une façon que tu n'attendais pas, qui t'ont touché, ou euh, malheureusement tu attendais et où tu t'es trouvé confronté. Alors, je veux commencer par le négatif pour finir par le positif. En négatif, en effet. Euh... Quasiment à chaque manifestation, nous avons des gens qui passent auprès de nous et qui crient euh, « Vive Poutine euh, !»,« euh, Nazi » ou autre. Donc euh, c'est vrai que voilà, on se fait quand même euh, quasiment tout les, tout, tout, toutes nos manifestations euh, un peu insultées. Donc ça, on sait, en ce qui concerne les choses négatives et en ce qui concerne les choses positives, en fait, c'est vraiment euh, la solidarité énorme entre les Français euh, et qu'on a enfin, des Fran de la part des Français qu'on a vécu ici en France 
je pense notamment à des gens qui, qui venaient nous voir et qui nous donnaient de l'argent comme ça, 50 euros par exemple lors de la manifestation. Et je disais, euh, non, je ne suis pas en train de, de faire une collecte. Elle me disait, non, non, mais prenez, vous, vous savez à qui il faut donner cet argent, donnez-le aux personnes qui en auront besoin et ainsi de suite. Euh, notamment aussi, j'ai vu un monsieur qui m'a demandé comment il peut soutenir financièrement l'Ukraine. Je lui ai donné un site internet, le site officiel. Il m'a dit, moi, j'aimerais bien soutenir euh, l'Ukraine au niveau militaire. Donc, montrez-moi les sites sur lesquels je peux donner de l'argent pour euh, que l'Ukraine puisse euh, avoir, en fait, une aide militaire. Et ça aussi, ça m'a beaucoup surpris que, voilà, ce que de voir des personnes qui veulent soutenir l'Ukraine, mais d'une manière euh, beaucoup plus directe, c'est-à-dire soutenir l'Ukraine dans le combat. Um, the... I can help Ben if you want. Um, ben, do you, do you want to go uh, take, take care of your family and maybe Peace for Ukraine can help us out for a, for a minute. Thanks a lot. No worries. Uh, bonjour Vladimir, je suis désolée, je n'écoutais pas trop ta réponse. Um, Est-ce que tu voudrais bien la répéter comme ça Je peux la traduire proprement. Oui, pas de problème. Donc deux choses. Tout d'abord, négative. À chaque manifestation, nous avons des gens qui qui crie vive Poutine euh, qui crie vous êtes des nazis donc ça ce sont des choses négatives qui nous arrivent à chaque démonstration et en chose positive c'est vraiment une vraie solidarité de la part des Français qu'on a vu des gens qui venaient euh, nous voir pour dire on veut soutenir l'Ukraine notamment d'une manière financière ils voulaient donner de l'argent et ils étaient prêts à accueillir aussi des gens chez eux et ça, on le voit jusqu'à maintenant, des gens qui nous voient dans la rue et tout de suite, ils veulent nous aider à, à nous donner de l'argent, à faire quelque chose, à demander comment on peut soutenir l'Ukraine et ainsi de suite. J'en suis bien heureuse pour les choses positives et je, de ma part, et euh, que je suis portugaise, je dois dire que euh, c'est ainsi que ça doit être. Et maintenant, je vais traduire pour tout le monde. Um, merci so, beaucoup. Uh, <laughs> merci. So, actually, um, Uh, on the demonstrations, uh, Volodymyr reports um, two, two, two things, two factors. First, the negative factor, which is um, people will, um, there are always some elements and some people who will come and will cry, uh, uh, yay, yay Putin, yay Russia. Um, but uh, what on the positive side is that they have a, a larger support and demonstration of people who, who support them. French people come and see them uh, directly, who say, we, we are with you, we support you, we want to help, they want to, to financially contribute, they want to provide shelter and offer their homes to uh, displace the Ukrainian family. So that's the, the positive. Thank you very much, uh, Peace for Ukraine. Thank you, Volodymyr. Um, we have Slavo Klini, who just joined us. Slavo Klini is from, from the west of Ukraine, in the west of Ukraine. Um, if you have any you know, questions for Volodymyr, I don't know how much of the talk you've heard. Uh, I'm sure he'll be very happy to answer. Slavo Klini. Hello, I'm Slava. I'm Slava. Do you understand Ukrainian, Volodymyr? Yes, certainly. Як взагалі, тобто ти в Франції давно, тобто там живеш? Je, je vais traduire peut-être en anglais en français d'abord et donc ça te va comprendre. 
Можеш мені українською від, від, мені відповісти українською, а я перекладаю. Я просто для себе питаюся, давно ти в Франції? 20 років. Питання в мене таке. А ти замітив від початку війни, як змінилося відношення до Росії і відношення до росіян? Дякую. До мене? Та ти відповідай мені українською, а я перекладу. Окей. Значить так, я помітив, як змінилося відношення, особливо за останні пару місяців, коли до росіян стали ставитися зовсім по-іншому, ніж ставилися до цього. До цього у Франції вони називали себе країною дружби між Францією і Україною і так далі. За останні пару місяців французи зовсім змінили монталітет. І сьогодні вони вже недалеко від того, щоб сказати, що, є, що Росія є державою, яка підтримує тероризм. So, uh, my question was uh, how the perception of the France, uh, France people, French people changed uh, when the war started? and how the perception changed to the country and just regular people. And uh, Voldemar answered to me that before the war, it's like uh, Russians was accepted, Russian people was accepted like a uh, friendly and there was big notion that like uh, regular Russian is like a peace, uh, peace uh, holding, peace giving people. But when the war started, a uh, few months uh, russia's uh, completely um, che- it completely changed how the uh, french people uh, see russian and, and now it's even getting worse because uh, uh, now it's like uh, very close that french people are gonna call um, uh, russian people like uh, perpetrators of the terrorism thank you <clears throat> i don't have any question thank you Thank you very much, Slava Karini, um, and thank you, Volodymyr. Um, ben, have you uh, r- r- returned? I yes, can not. continue, Dolman, if you want. No problem. No, I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you, peace for your um, Ben, if you have any, any more questions, or is there any other avenue of questions that we should be exploring, uh, feel free to go right ahead. Well, I think we've, we've, uh, um, we've been talking for an hour, uh, and Volodymyr has been very, very nice. Um, so... so I have a question. Uh, I have I have I have a question. Uh, uh, Володимир, uh, uh, питання таке, чи ти от як ти зараз в Франції, чи ти слідкуєш за новинами, тобто які відбуваються зараз, мається на увазі, чи ти в курсі, що відбувається, тобто в день-день, чи ти маєш, в принципі, можливо, зайнятий, uh, якби в тебе не вистачає часу. Дякую. Відповідаю українською, я буду перекладати. Дякую. Дякую за питання. Звісно, ну, потрібно не тільки займатися все, що зв'язано сьогодні з Україною, я змушений теж ходити на роботу, працювати, так що часу стає досить мало. Але добре, що сьогодні є такі прилади, як телефони, на яких можливо досить швидко отримати достовірну інформацію того, що коїться як в Україні, так і ну, в інших країнах. І тобто я слідкую, звісно, з самого ранку, тільки коли я встаю, включаю телефон і знаю, що зналося за ніч. Так само ввечері, коли я, наприклад, маю трішки часу, відразу починаю шукати інформацію, щоб добре зрозуміти, що сталося, де, як і коли. Тому що дуже часто викликають на різні інтерв'ю і потрібно відразу доносити не тільки інформацію, 
але і доносити меседж цієї інформації, наприклад, те, що сьогодні сталося в Вінниці, це якраз потрібно не тільки сказати, що сталося, а й сказати, що це є терористичні акти, які були проведені Росією, Росією на території України. Дякую. Uh, actually, the question was uh, as usual from me. I like this question. Uh, so question was how uh, Voldemort uh, in this busy world, uh, how he's uh, uh, make um, his connection with the information and how he's take information and how he's um, this information uh, transforming in his mind. So uh, he um, uh, answered that in the, mo- in the morning, he started in the morning, thank thankful to the uh, today's technology. He can write in the morning, just like me. Uh, he keep his, keeps in touch what happening in Ukraine, what happening in the world, which is very important also. And he also in the evening when the day is uh, um, goes to the end, also checks what is happening in the world and in Ukraine. And it is really important to know what is happening because what, what is happening today in the Vinitsa, uh, it's not just important to know just like information, but because of he goes into a lot of the interview and he must like a prepare message that it's what is happening in Ukraine. It's not just the war. It's not just people dying, but because it's like a terrorist act from the Russia on the Ukraine, on the Ukrainian people, and it is very important to be in touch with Ukraine, important to be in touch uh, with current state, what is happening in the world in, in Ukraine, and convey this message uh, further to the world. Thank you. Thank you very much, Slavo Kudini. Uh, peace for Ukraine. You can just you know, ask, ask in French and then translate everything back later. Uh, yes, I was counting on doing that. Thank you, Dorman. Thank you very much. Vladimir, my question is, from a humanitarian point of view, what are the first of all the needs of humanitarian that you see today, whether it's for the refugees who are in France, the most urgent, and also pour les associations qui, qui, donc, qui rassemblent ces biens. Et, euh, et je suppose, comme, comme euh, au Portugal ou comme au Luxembourg, où je suis actuellement, il euh, euh, y a eu euh, une diminution au niveau des dons. Et quelles sont les actions potentiellement que, que tu es en train de, de, de développer euh, avec les différentes associations de façon à à pouvoir rassembler disons un maximum de dons et optimiser vos Merci, très bonne question. Euh, en effet, en France aussi, euh, donc cette aide humanitaire a baissé en, depuis quelques mois, quelques semaines, quelques mois. Euh, mais il faut aussi retenir un message important, c'est qu'il n'y a pas d'urgence absolue au niveau alimentaire ou humanitaire, euh, ni en Ukraine ni pour les Ukrainiens qui se trouvent en Europe. L'organisation et la solidarité européenne et internationale étaient extrêmement rapides et extrêmement fortes, euh, mais vraiment très très fortes. 
sur les depuis le 24 février, ce qui fait qu'aujourd'hui, quand vous allez en Ukraine, malgré les bombardements, malgré les sirènes, la vie, si je peux le dire comme ça, normale, a repris. C'est-à-dire que vous arrivez à voir des gens dans les cafés, euh, euh, en train de discuter entre eux, et juste après, ils entendent une sirène, et ils vont euh, se cacher. Mais la vie normale reprend et a repris des, depuis un mois et demi, deux mois à peu près. Merci. Um, so the question I asked was uh, on the humanitarian side, um, what would be the, uh, the most urgent needs uh, in France for the displaced families? Um, because, or uh, potentially with the association that uh, Volodymyr would be working, um, what will be the most uh, urgent needs and where could, uh, could, uh, could we help? Um, because I, would, I, would, I was assuming that say, similar as in Portugal or here in Luxembourg where I am currently, uh, the, the gifts from the people may have decreased over the past weeks and Vladimir replied that actually um, the humanitarian help from from Europe from the, the from the international community around the world from everywhere was extremely strong since the very beginning since 24th of February there are no uh, really urgent um, vital needs currently in France for the displaced families, um, nor, nor for, for, you, for Ukraine. Um, there, there will be, let's say, the, the normal, quote-unquote, life uh, as normal as you can have in, in a country that is in, at war, uh, has followed its course or take, being taken back since one and a half months, more or less, where, for example, Um, you would see people that can go to take a coffee, um, uh, speak with friends, and uh, of course, if the sirens um, go off, you just go and hide. But uh, for the moment, there are no urgent necessary needs thanks to uh, the very fast um, international et nous avons bien évidemment des associations ici à Paris qui aident tous les jours l'Ukraine. Mais une fois de plus, il n'y a pas de, de, de l'urgence extrême qu'on qu a vue le 24 février où les gens mouraient de faim, n'avaient rien pour euh, ni manger, ni s'habiller euh, et autres. Par contre, là où il y a une urgence extrême, c'est sur la ligne de front. Aujourd'hui, sur la ligne de front en Ukraine, il y a entre 100 et 300 euh, soldats qui sont en train de décéder, qui, qui, qui sont morts, qui sont tués. Autrement dit, euh, nous avons en fait des jeunes, parce que certains en fait, je, je les connais, et certains malheureusement parmi mes proches sont, 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 sont morts. C'est des gens qui ont fait des études, qui ont un travail dans le bureau et qui aujourd'hui se retrouvent sur la ligne de front à 20, 25, 30 ans, en train de combattre, et alors que ce n'est pas du tout leur profession. Et là, il y a une urgence, et c'est pour cela que je fais, par exemple, une collecte de fonds pour les drones, donc des drones civils euh, qu'on peut acheter voilà, dans un magasin, et qui permettent justement de, mettre, de faire de la reconnaissance spatiale et savoir à quel moment 
les Russes vont attaquer pour se préparer, des fois s'enfuir et autres. So there is, um, there is again, uh, with the associations, many associations in France, there is, uh, for the moment, no urgent vital need from humanitarian point of view. However, uh, on the front lines, um, for the soldiers, currently there are between 100 to 300 soldiers that are dying each day on the front line. Uh, Vladimir himself uh, has... Um, family mem family uh, members friends acquaintances that are on the front lines some of them have been killed in action and um well, currently what vladimir is doing with some associations is um to do uh, collecting funds to buy drones for reconnaissance to help them uh visualize where the enemy is on the front lines So that's, um, he has friends that actually come from civil society, very, very young people, 20, 25, 30 years old, that have, were studying in university, had office, uh, office jobs, and are currently fighting on the front lines and, uh, and a few of them. Well, Vladimir, um, I think we can all thank you for stopping by, um, telling us uh, all the... Um, Uh, sharing with us your experience and your insights and uh, also we wish you the best of luck in all your endeavors. I'm sure we're going to stay in contact uh, and uh, we're going to be able to lean on you when uh, the welfare report to reach the, the French people. Uh, if you can all give me a round of applause, that would be fantastic. Um, and, uh, and we should add then that Maria Aid will be glad to cooperate uh, with Gogutia and the Uh, Congress of the Ukrainians in France. I think we may have a few ideas as to how to raise more public awareness. We were superbly impressed by what, by what you have been doing. And uh, if we need to partner up in order to help getting more attention and information awareness uh, along the Côte d'Azur this summer, so that the cities of Nice, Cannes, Cap d'Antibes, I don't know wherever else, finally, finally wake up as to what really matters to protect the freedom of those who are bathing in the sun there. I think we can find a way to do that. So thank you very much. Merci bien. Vladimir, tout le monde te remercie. Et apprécie d'assez de l'avoir dit tout ça. Si rentrer en contact avec toi pour mettre au point au point des opérations. Donc voilà, il y a tout le monde qui t'a Et je te laisse le dernier. Merci, merci en tout cas pour la traduction, merci pour cette invitation, euh, merci pour toutes les questions qui étaient très intéressantes. J'avais un peu peur qu'on qu me pose aussi des questions, est-ce qu'il y a des nazis en Ukraine ou autre. Donc merci de poser vraiment des questions qui sont vraiment intéressantes et qui font partie de l'actualité. Et peut-être euh, la dernière chose, euh, c'est peut-être faire une demande en fait à tout le monde, c'est de ne pas oublier en fait que l'Ukraine euh, fait une guerre aujourd'hui contre la Russie. Et c'est vrai que c'est facile à dire de ne pas oublier, mais d'ici quatre ou cinq mois, euh, on peut avoir déjà des gens qui, qui vont complètement oublier que voilà qu'il y a une guerre qui est là en Europe qui existe et qu'il y a des gens qui qui se battent pour tout simplement pour défendre leur maison et leur famille et tout ce que je leur je demande à tout le monde c'est juste ne pas oublier peu importe si vous aidez vous aidez pas vous soutenez vous soutenez pas juste ne pas oublier cette guerre et essayer de tout faire pour que cette guerre se termine le plus rapidement possible avec bien évidemment la victoire de l'Ukraine 
Merci. Voilà, Demir. Euh, si je peux, désolé Ben, je voulais pas te couper la parole. Euh, si je peux, euh, voilà, Demir, t'assurer, c'est, c'est le suivant, c'est, c'est que ici, cet espace, je pense que, que Ben te l'aura expliqué, il est ouvert depuis euh, la nuit du 23 février à la nuit du 24. Et il est ouvert 24 heures sur 7. Euh, il y a un réseau de volontaires euh, qui maintiennent l'espace ouvert, de, de, donc euh, les, les hôtes ainsi que des gens qui viennent euh, régulièrement et qui parlent dans cet espace. Euh, et je peux t'assurer ici, euh, tous les gens qui nous, écoutent, qui nous écoutent, sauf peut-être de temps à autre deux, trois trolls hein, euh, qui s'amènent, euh, mais qui sont vite déterrés. Euh, et c'est cela, euh, on, on, on s'en débarrasse très très vite, mais on sait très bien qu'il n'y a pas de nazi en Ukraine. Euh, ça, c'est plus qu'évident. On sait très bien la, la propagande russe, comment elle marche. Et les trolls, on leur fait bien leur. Donc, on, et on n'oublie pas l'Ukraine. Et, et pour ma part, et je pense que pour la part de tout le monde ici, euh, on, on est avec l'Ukraine jusqu'à jusqu la victoire et même au-delà, puisqu'il y en a pas mal d'entre nous qui ont l'intention, une fois que la victoire sera accomplie, d'aller en Ukraine et aider à reconstruire. Voilà. Um, and that now I will translate what I said to Volodymyr, I'm sorry, I just lost in, in French, is um, because uh, Volodymyr was saying uh, one thing that he asked is that um, uh, please do not forget about Ukraine. Um, no matter how long the war takes, um, no matter, do not forget there is a war there, uh, please support and do not forget about Ukraine. He's just afraid that with, as time passes, people will, uh, will start forgetting about it. Um, and what I said is that uh, the Walter Report space is open since the night of the third, 23rd uh, February to the 24th. There is a network of volunteers, of hosts, uh, and also regular speakers that come in. Um, once in a while, we have a, a few a few Russian trolls that are easily, uh, let's say, skinned out. Um, and that, um, yeah, we're here until Ukraine will be victorious. And I know a few of us have uh, absolutely the intention, even after the victory, to go to Ukraine and help out uh, to rebuild, to... Uh, to So that's, that was my word. I don't know if someone wants to say something. I'm happy to translate. Or Ben, I don't know if you want to close it out. Thank you. I just want to uh, thank Volodymyr, Dushidakov uh, Volodymyr, as well as Ben and Peace for Ukraine and Slava Ukraini for all of the excellent interpreting work that uh, you've done. Now, this is um, a very... Uh, it's a very European thing, isn't it? Or a very global thing nowadays, the multilingualness uh, that we have uh, in this space. Uh, of course, English will be the lingua franca for now, uh, but it's uh, it's great to hear more Ukrainian as well as French in this case, uh, as well in this space. International teamwork. Uh, thanks, Domin. And um, I just wanted to end again by thanking you, thanking Axel, Slava, and of course, Volodymyr uh, for his patience and uh, his insights but also um, wish everyone a good Bastille Day and, um, and wish everyone uh, what Bastille Day is meant to represent and equality for. Merci bien, and thank you very much. Au revoir. Doman, back to you. I'll be back in about an hour. Thank you, Axel. With that, uh, I would 
be very grateful, Slava Ukraini, if uh, you could tell us what the current news are on uh, what's been happening in Ukraine this morning and this early afternoon. Uh, obviously, everybody saw by now the horrible images from uh, Vinitsia, if you check out in the nest. The third tweet from the left is a, a video published by Serhii Sternenko, one of the you know, more prominent Ukrainian uh, journalists, bloggers, however you might wish to describe them, of the, the utter hell and destruction uh, that rained onto Vinitsa this morning. Uh, four out of the seven missiles were uh, struck out of the sky by Ukrainian air defenses, yet the three that made it through striking that square in the middle of Vinitsa, um, the office building across the road from the theater and the destruction it has caused you know, out, outside in the square as well. Uh, I believe the uh, last... I saw was 12 confirmed dead, uh, but I'm sure that, and, and about 30 wounded, I'm sure there will be many more still uh, beyond that. Uh, Slava Ukraini. Yes, uh, it's a really bad day, and it all started at night. A lot, a lot of the missiles, a lot of the explosions, it's all around the Ukraine, but mostly today it's like uh, Mykolaiv, because uh, Mykolaiv and Vinnytsia. Mykolaiv was hit earlier, uh, a lot of the missiles and rockets, um, but uh, don't, don't really know a lot of the, what happened in Mykolaiv, but Vinnytsia is really covered and highlighted what has happened, so about the uh, victims. So I already posted uh, already 20 victims uh, and about uh, 90 injured, meaning uh, that people 20 are killed by the rushes and um, 90 victims sought help at medical uh, institutions so it's like injured and approximately 50 of them are in serious condition so it's really really mess it's like a, we only had um, just few days ago uh, in the building uh, i forget uh, how it's called uh, yes in Chasiv Yar. thank you. It was like a, uh, it's around 40 people died, but now it's like a, it's a count is gonna be even worse, even bigger. So it's like a, it's re really just a terrorism now. I see even some posts already from Ukrainians that posting, how much, how much do you want to see? How much? It is like a precise, just killing. It's not not just some military, some around it. It's just uh, precise. They know what they're doing, just killing it right away. It's like a uh, day, just be, just start. It's like a, they know that people try to work, the people go to work, maybe with their families. Like, uh, right away, it was reported that one child was killed in Vinnytsia. So it's uh, it's they doing on on purpose. It's not a, a mistake. It's not like a, um, a missile did some because it's an old missile and it's like a, some uh, coordination was wrong. No, no, no. It's old. They know what they doing. Big target, easier to hit. So they do it right away. It's big, big destruction. What I see, it's like. A, Massive, massive destruction. So, so I still watching what is happening because it's like uh, real time is going more and more information, more and more victims. It's horrible. It's just terrorism 
2022. I don't know. The world must wake up. It's happening right now. Thank you. Thank you, Slava Ukraini. And the reports are that these were caliber cruise missiles fired from um, probably a submarine in the Black Sea, right? Uh, so these are you know, relatively precision strike missiles. There is no discussion of what they were trying to hit. They were trying to hit the middle of a city, a city square. Um, they were trying to inflict as many civilian casualties as possible. Um, peace for Ukraine. Yeah, I just wanted to add a small precision. Uh, Olga Dukaryuk says that uh, among the 20 people that have died, there are three children. Thank you, Peace for Ukraine. Um, and I will just note that among the confirmed dead thus far, and I'm sure that the, um, uh, uh, the, the casualty numbers are going to keep on growing because of I mean, if you look at the videos, you look at the pictures, this is you know, very wide-scale devastation. Uh, note that there was another air raid warning immediately following that, about an hour after the initial strike. Uh, and that's probably you know, signifying that Russians were at least considering, if not actually trying to uh, conduct what is often called a double tap. Uh, that is to say, um, you know, strike once, get lots of emergency services into the area, uh, evacuating the wounded, treating the wounded, and then strike again on the same side uh, to get uh, to to kill even more civilians in the in the space. Um, shipyard has it been confirmed that these were that these strikes were conducted from uh, with cruise missiles from the Black Sea? Um, from the initial reports, yes, it wouldn't be a submarine because they can only carry four and fire four at any one time. So this would be a surface unit currently four. Maybe five units are at sea with caliber capabilities. So that's the Makarov, three Shviasks, and the Cyclone, which is a smaller variation of a Shviask. So either one of those can conduct the strike. As it was seven, it would be most likely a single unit. So either one of those five units I mentioned definitely wouldn't be the Vishni Novgorod because she can only fire four. Right. So it's, it's very much a. Um, you know, just another premeditated attack on, on civilian targets, just like the bombing of the Molin Kremenchuk, just like that residential building in Chasivyar a few days ago. Right? It's um, it's just another it's just another case of uh, Russians going out to kill as many civilians and to cause as many civilian casualties as possible. Yeah, so it's most likely one of the Shviasts. So we saw one alongside the frigate wall on the twelfth with one of the cranes alongside. She, we believe she might be the Ingushetia, which is the most recent one of the four. That's the one we believe she is, but I can't confirm nor deny that yet. Thank you, Shapir. And uh, I would like to uh, note that uh, it's like I accelerated this attack, accelerated uh, maybe a week ago. It's like I would, since this HIMARS started to do great job, this attack on the civilians accelerated and it's massive and it's like uh, goes and goes and goes. It's like a, a response to the HIMARS. It's like a, they see, I saw it now even uh, on some uh, comments that as soon they, they some even I don't see, maybe I heard it in the space that they, Russia, what they do, they wanna, don't want to give this uh, uh, time for like a celebration, but time to 
breathe out for the Ukrainians instead of hitting and hitting and hitting in response like a, after the high Mars's great work and the response they given to just killing civilians. So thank you. It's a um, terrorist. Thank you. Precisely, precisely, Slavokrini. That's exactly what this is, right? Whenever you go and you, you bomb civilians in a city square in the middle of the day, that is with the intention and that is an act of terrorism, nothing else. Um, it's done to dissuade somehow uh, the civilian population from continuing to support the war. But I don't think anything of the like is going to happen. I'll, I'll turn back to what um, Pendolino was talking about earlier. Pendolino is a Swiss artillery friend. Um, how, you know, in, okay, Ben, it was your help, Mike. Okay, I was wondering who's, who's that was. Um, how, you know, as soon as Nazis in the Second World War realized that uh, they will no longer have the capacity and the capability to actually invade the United Kingdom. It was at that point that they really intensified the heavy bombardment of London and other cities in the UK, right? It was a terror campaign. It was destroy and kill as many, destroy as much of the city or cities, kill as many civilians as possible um, because you know that you won't be successful otherwise. You know that you won't be successful in actually um, invading the country and to, in conquering the country. Just the same way Russians now realize it is impossible for them to actually conquer Ukraine. Uh, it is impossible for them, to, for their invasion of Ukraine to, to, come, up, to come out true. Um, and uh, it's impossible for them to be successful in it. So this is why they're you know, intensifying their airstrikes against civilians. Now, it is good. It is good news that Ukrainian air defenses have managed to take out four out of the seven missiles, but nevertheless, three came through. And very simply, that means that Ukraine needs better and more air defenses. And that Ukraine also needs more modern weaponry, Western weaponry, to be able to push out Russians out of Ukraine sooner rather than later. The sooner Russians are out of Ukraine, the sooner um, Russians have to admit to having lost, and the sooner this terror bombing of cities, especially cities in the west of Ukraine, um, will stop. Right? It wasn't just Vinitsa. It was also Mykolaiv. It was also Kharkiv this morning. Uh, yesterday morning, we saw extensive shelling and extensive bombardment of Bakhmut, a lot of it with rocket artillery. Um, you know, again, to try Russians for, for trying to break the Ukrainian spirit, trying to break uh, the Ukrainians' will to fight back. But they will be unsuccessful in it. The only thing they will be successful in is killing more civilians because that's all they're good for. That's all their military is good for at this moment is sowing terror among the civilian population.